Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. So, Father, we just thank you. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Speak to us now. B'Shem Yeshua, we pray. And we thank you, we bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Post Shavuot, after uh, what happened in Acts chapter 2, the spirit being given on Acts 2, what now? What now? Um, well, for the next four years or so, the Jewish apostles, the shluchim, whatever, the, the uh, emissaries, they diligently spread the gospel throughout Jerusalem. They kept active in temple life. They proclaimed him there. Uh, and we see in Acts 5.42, 6, 7, uh, Mark 16.20, they proclaimed him there. They prayed for courage, performed many signs and wonders God did through healings. There were deliverances. We see in chapter 5 of Acts, continuing to proclaim Yeshua despite threats from the Sanhedrin and imprisonment. The community of Jewish believers continued to grow, including many Kohanim, many priests. I met several Cohen's this week in different situations that I got to share with, uh, interestingly enough. And look at Acts chapter 2. We're not going to focus on this, but just to read it real quickly, the verses 42 through 47, we see what happened for these. This really, this is like a four-year stretch. They were devoting themselves to the teaching of the emissaries, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayers. Fear lay upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were happening throughout the, uh, through the emissaries. And all who believed were together, having everything in common. They, they began selling their property and possessions, sharing them with all as many had need. Day by day, they continued with one mind, spending time at the temple and breaking bread, because the temple was still standing then, of course. From house to house, they were sharing meals with gladness, sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord was adding to their number those being saved. God was adding, and people were coming to the Lord. Now, this is not something we necessarily emulate or copy, try to duplicate or copy any more than we can repeat Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, the mighty rushing wind and the tongues of fire. Let's just do that again. Let's have the, 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 the you know, this, and some people have tried to actually, and they think they can. But, but we can learn from what brought it about. And what brought it about was prayer, a lot of prayer, and the model of devotion. No question about it. And uh, I remember, you know, when I was a new believer, we, we did some, we did a lot of crazy things when I was a young believer. And I don't know about you, but, you know, in those early days, we, and we did, I remember, gosh, in our house, we, you know, had tons of everyone that would get saved. We'd say, move into our house, you know, and, and uh, it's crazy. We did a lot of crazy things, um, but <clears throat> because of love for the Lord, and, and a lot of it was fruitful, but a lot of it was a little overboard, but that's okay. But 
we can certainly recognize that we are a part of a new family, and we're a new community, and we have an eternal purpose, an eternal purpose. That's really important. In Numbers 4, a second census of Levites was taken and restricted to the workforce between the ages of 30 and 50 who transported the tabernacle's structural parts, its curtains and its sacred objects during the travel in the desert. So if, you're, if you turn over there, Numbers chapter 4, <clears throat> and look at what was happening here in Numbers 4, realize they were responsible, the Levites, their three clans or three different uh, segments, are the, the Kohathites, the Gershonites, the Merorites. They're taking care of the tabernacle, but also of its uh, taking it apart, putting it together, and carrying it, transporting it as they're going through the desert. So responsibilities for specific components of the tabernacle were divided among these three families, Levitic, Levitical families, the uh, the Kohathites would carry the coverings of the sacred objects. The Gershonites were responsible for transporting the four layers of tent curtains. They were supervised by Aaron's son, Ithmar, uh, chapter 4, verses 29 through 33. The Merorites were charged with carrying the structural parts of the tabernacle. The tribal leaders assisted Moses and Aaron in... Um, recording the Levite's census, which connects to Numbers chapter 1. Now, dismantling the tabernacle, setting it up, transporting, all involved here. And they were appointed by name. They were assigned on an individual level. In other words, this is your plank. This is your bar, for example. This is your pillar. Not this, is, this family is in charge of these planks. But it's specific, was individual responsibility rather than general or group. And it's interesting that in the temple earlier, we, we were told that some were ushers and doormen and singers, etc. So, and God would give each one of them the strength to do what he gave them to do. God gives us the strength to carry what he assigns us. Whatever he assigns us. And... Look, just take a look at it quickly. Take a census, it says, 422. Count all the males, verse 23. They're carrying burdens. Uh, these, verse uh, 26, these are to do all that needs to be done with these things. The Gershonites, verse 27, to their tasks. Assign them all that is their responsibility to carry. As you can see all these verses, verse uh, 30. This and I'm going to show you two Hebrew words. There is this is the task in the service of the tent of meeting, the duties, the task, etc., the work of the devotion. But we will be rewarded for our own work. First Corinthians three says that we will be rewarded for our own work. And let me read that to you. First Corinthians chapter three, verses ten through fifteen. According to the grace which God was given to me, like a skilled master builder, Paul says, I laid a foundation and another builds on it. But let each consider carefully how he builds on it. For no one can lay any other foundation than what's already laid, which is Yeshua the Messiah. Now, 
If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. So what are, the, what are you building with? Gold, contrast, gold, silver, uh, costly stones, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, right? What's the difference? Well, these don't burn up, right? And these do. These are combustible. These are not, right? It's very different, very very con- strong contrast. <clears throat> and he says, now, if anyone uh, says each one's work, verse 13, will become clear for the day. I like that it capitalizes the, the D, the would be Yom in Hebrew, of course. Of course, it's Greek, but it would be Yom if we put it in Hebrew. The day, Hayom, will show it because it is to be renewed by fire. And the fire itself will test each one's work. Each person's work, our work, your work, my work, the fire, the day of the Lord. When we meet that day, the judgment seat of Messiah, the Bema, the Bema, the Bema or Bema, the judgment seat of Messiah will try that work. Uh, It will be revealed by fire and the fire itself will test each one's work what sort it is. What sort it is. Is it my work or is it his? Was it? Ken Alperin, or was it Yeshua through Ken Alperin? Put your name in there, right? Was it you, or was it God through you? Really, that's going to be the whole thing. Was it me, or was it Messiah in me? Self or God? You letting God use you, yielding to him, or you doing it? And Paul says, it was not I, but Messiah in me. Galatians 2.20, we could give a lot of her. 1 Corinthians 15.10, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. That's, that's what it's going to be. And look what he says here. It says, if anyone's work built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. God wants to reward us. God wants to give us medals. God wants to give us whatever those, those rewards, how, what they'll look like. If anyone's work is burned up, If it's consumed, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, but as through fire. You'll survive, you'll live, but you won't have anything to show, no rewards. There will be differences in the kingdom of how we rule and reign with responsibilities will be given in the kingdom. There will be no question about it. And so this is going to be very interesting. So here in Numbers chapter 4, going back there, he counts... Everyone who works. He counts all the Levites that are serving the, in the tent of meeting. He counts all from the, the Kohathites, the, of the sons of Gershon serving in the tent of meeting, the, the, the clans of Merari, and I'm probably not saying that right, Merari, but he's counting. So the question I ask you and myself, what is my assignment? What is your assignment? What is it? What is it? Look at the last verse, says of Numbers 4. From the mouth of Adonai, by Moses' hand, each man was assigned his work and his burden to carry. So they were counted as Adonai commanded Moses. I hated missing uh, being with everybody after the mikveh last week. I had to go to the 
the uh, event with, uh, did get to spend some time with Michael W. Smith, which was cool. I got to know him. I never had that chance before. And, uh, and it was just a great time with other leaders and, you know, that the event there. And I was, and I, I needed to be there. I was glad I was there and, um, uh, representing Kol Dudi and, and, and representing, you know, the Messianic Jewish community. And it was a, a great time. But I hated having to leave our people and our family. We didn't have time for kickball and volleyball with the kids. Some of you had to miss the whole picnic because of that, because of other commitments and the, and the mikvah. And this is not for condemnation, but it's to help us see that there's a conflict sometimes with multiple membership or trying to be a part of everyone and everything. And some missed witnessing the testimonies and missed, and they missed your support. Those that were being immersed missed your support. Um, Alexandria and Kayla, I want to say Carla, it's Kayla, thank you, Kayla, sharing their stories of being trafficking survivors, incredible. Um, and Eric's, I see Eric back there, his impromptu, beautiful testimony, just on the spot, saying, I'm going to do, I've, God's putting this in my heart to do that. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the one who has to direct us in terms of how we serve in the larger family of God. Um, you know, it's, it's very common today on Passover, for those that are not Jewish, for those who are Jewish, you know this, it's very common uh, to, to need two Seder nights for both families because of divided families and, and multi, you know, several locations now. But you can only stretch so far in the body of the Messiah. Uh, where are, I'll put it personally, where am I called to sink roots? Where are you called to sink roots? You can't serve everybody. All right? Some people love megachurches. And the reason that they love the megachurches, and thank God for them. I thank God, you know, thank God, and they're, they, they can be wonderful. Um, I love Greg Laurie. I heard some of his stuff. I love it. And I, of course, relate to him because he lost his son also. They, you know, so I definitely connect very much with him. And... Uh, but some people, you know, love megachurches because they don't have to commit to anyone. And they can get lost in a sea of people and don't have any, there's no commitment. And the truth is that many of us are not really led by God's spirit in this, but just we don't, we do, we, we don't want to be committed. <clears throat> Romans 8.14, as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. And that's uh, that word for sons in the Greek, I believe it's weos, is a mature son, a mature daughter, rather than an immature, rather than a, a young, like a baby or a child. If I'm not led by the Spirit, I'm not mature, because the Spirit's going to lead me to do not my will, but God's will. Not my will, but your will be done. That's the difference. Uh, we want a freedom sometimes to be unaccountable, to just do our own thing. <clears throat> and not rather, are we true disciples? Family, what is mine? <clears throat> uh, certainly, we want to bless all families and other families, but we do have our own. And we are not omnipresent, in case you haven't learned that. <laughs> You're not omnipresent. So, uh, in Romans chapter 16, I love the fact that if you've never noticed, the last chapter of the book of Romans, and take a look at it for a moment, Paul mentions how many, you know how many people he mentions there? How many, does anyone know? I used to think it was like 30 or 29. 
37 people he mentions. He mentions 37 people by name in the last letter. And I love it because, I've, oh yeah, I'm just remembering this now. There's four times he says, amen. It's like four times he tries to close the letter and say, finished, amen. And then he says, oh, wait a minute. I, he remembers, uh, they remember, just greet this one, greet that one. Oh yeah, don't forget about this one. Oh, I got to say hello to this one. Because he loved the people. They, it was, he was connected. There was, this was the family of God. They were connected as a community, you know, as people. He mentions them by name. They were special, each one to him. And he appreciated their sacrifice. He says, Phoebe, it starts with our sister, Phoebe, who is a servant leader of the Messiah's community in verse 1. And he says, receive her in the Lord, help her in whatever she, wherever she needs help. She's been a patroness of many, including me as well, in verse 2. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. They were a team. My fellow workers in Messiah. They risked their necks for my life. All the Messiah's community among the Gentiles gives thanks for them. Greet Epinetus, who uh, dearly won, first fruits of Asia. Miriam, has worked, she's worked hard for you, in verse 6. For you, she's worked hard. And all these people he mentions uh, in Messiah, all these different people. Greet them, greet them, greet them, greet them. He appreciated their sacrifice and their service in the Lord. So back to Numbers 4, that's all I'll say about that, but it's beautiful, just beautiful to read Romans 16. 447 says of Numbers 447, those who came to do the work of the service of the carrying of the tent of meeting. But it's interesting, that translation doesn't carry the Hebrew, but it's, the word avodah or avad, the root, let's say avad for the root. Avad is work in Hebrew. It's four times used in this verse, four times. But you don't see that in the English. And the word means, guess what this word for work means, avad. It means work that's subject to another's will. Work subject to another's will. You see, our work, it's to be subject to another's will. To the Lord's will, of course, in the context that we're talking. We must do the work of the one who sent me, Yeshua said, so long as it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. No one can work. John 9, 4. Let me say it again. We must do, I, I don't know why it's in the plural there, but we must do, maybe he's talking about we, me. Well, we must do the work of the one who sent me, for the night is coming when no one can work. John 9, 4. For I have not come down from heaven to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. John 6, 38. Well, I just like to do this in the congregation, or I just like to do that thing. This is what I like to do. Well, listen, God does equip us to do, and I believe he gives us a love for, in terms of our gift, and you want to use your gift and he give you a, a love. But sometimes we do what we don't like to do, too. <laughs> sometimes we do things because there's a need. And God blesses us. And when we step in to do it because of sacrifice, he blesses us, right? And so there's a beautiful principle here. Um, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? It says in verse 49... Each man was assigned to his work. A man, in literally Hebrew, it says, ish, ish. A man, a man, al avodatav. A man, a man over or upon his work. And verse 49, that 
they were counted as the Lord commanded. And this is the word pakad. Let's say the word pakad. Pakad is the, the root to count. And what it means is that God, well, I'll just say God, it's used 22 times in this section. 22 times in verses 23 through 49. Same number as the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, right? 22. God counts us, and he counts on us. He's assigned each one of us. The word pakad means to invest with purpose or responsibility. To invest with purpose or responsibility. It can be to appoint, to visit, to count, to value, to assign. God invests in us purpose and responsibility. Now imagine saying, I don't want to be counted. Don't assign me any responsibility (laughs) to God. Don't put my name down. I don't really like carrying curtains. Paul, I'd like to help, but just don't count on me. (laughs) Of course we wouldn't think that way. A child is always receiving and taking. But a young man or woman begins to take responsibility and to give. Some believers are committed to their jobs at work, but not their jobs in the kingdom of God, in the community of God's people. And they treat that as less significant rather than more. They're still acting like children. Romans 12, verses 4 through 6, For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Messiah, and every one part of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that was given to us. Romans 12, 4 through 6. 1 Corinthians 12 says, I'm giving a few verses from the chapter. For just as the body, in verse 12, as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Messiah. But now God has placed the parts, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. As he desired. On the contrary, says those parts of the body that seem to be less important are indispensable. Sometimes we think that person isn't that important. And they're the most important, as far as God sees, they're, doing, they're, they're more important than, than you would imagine. 4.16 of Ephesians, from him the whole body is fitted and helped, held together by every supporting ligament. We need each other. We need each other. The proper working of each individual part produces the body's growth for building itself up in love. And by the way, I believe God gives that we have all that we need. That God provides who we, who we have, who we need. That we don't need to say, oh, we need to get so-and-so. No, we don't. God provides. He calls and he puts together. Listen to this devotional by uh, my favorite Richard Wormbrandt. Pastor Richard Wormbrandt. Richard Hext was born with crippled hands and feet. His hands hung normally following an operation, but he had not the slightest power in them. This did not keep him from attaining his ambition to become a painter. He attended the School of Arts for seven years. Then he earned his living as a painter, wielding a brush with his teeth. Some of his paintings are so beautiful that they hang in Buckingham Palace. Moses became a great preacher, 
though he was a stutterer. Rahab became a saint and an ancestor of the Lord, though she was first a prostitute in a heathen nation. Peter became a martyr, though he was a coward by nature. We first see him trembling before a servant maid who could do him no harm. After the resurrection, the same man stood in a marketplace in Jerusalem defying the rulers of the nation and the mob. History tells us he eventually died for his Lord by his own request, crucified head down. A believer convicted of both adultery and murder probably would give up hope of ever again being useful to the Lord. But David repented and wrote beautiful psalms, which are our spiritual nourishment. Solomon fell into idolatry and promiscuity, but became the author of three books of the Bible. No physical, intellectual, or moral handicap is unconquerable. If you have no hands, paint by using your teeth, (laughs) but make pictures for the Lord. What is my assignment? As Pastor Richard Wormbrandt, as you know, my favorite. What is my assignment? What is my assignment? You know, everyone has a different gift, and God equips us by his grace, by his grace. We, we, we think, well, I, my gift isn't as good as someone else's. No, that's not true. You don't have to have the gift that someone else has. Your gift is beautiful. Your gift is amazing. God says he counts it. He counts us. He counts us. He invests in us. He visits. He, he values us. And, uh, and it says in verse 23 of Numbers 4, that this, again, doesn't translate it right when it says all the males, everyone coming to work in the service of the tent of meeting. The Hebrew is haba litzvo tzava la'avod avodah. It's literally he who comes, who come to, they come to, he comes to fight the fight to work the work. And we're like Israel today, surrounded by those who hate us. And we need to always be ready to fight, prepared for battle. We fight and we work. We fight with the prophecies, Paul says. We, the prophecies once about you, uh, by them you fight the good fight. The word of God equips us. Fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 1.18 and 6.12. Take hold on eternal life. Uh, no one serving as a soldier, 2 Timothy 2, uh, entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so he may please the one who enlisted him. He says at the end of his life, I fought a good fight, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. I fought the good fight. We're called to fight and to work for the Lord. But through the, Paul says, I, I labor according to his working that works in me mightily. It's his grace in 1 Corinthians 15. It's his strength. And so this is the task, verses 24 through 26, of the Gershonite family. It says this, that they were to carry the burdens, carry the curtains, the coverings, the curtains. And so all of us, in a sense, are schleppers, too. We carry burdens. We may be intercessors, you may be a, you know, I remember someone that said, I, what, I can't do anything. I'm so, all I can do is lie in bed because of my illness and pray. Well, that's amazing. That is amazing. You can pray. Wow, your prayers, you are able to travel the world in your prayers. That is amazing. 
that is amazing. You put me to shame because you spend time in prayer that I, should, that I don't spend in time in prayer. I mean, we carry other one another's burdens in Galatians 6, 2, and so fulfill the law of the Messiah. He says in verse 26, they are to do all that needs to be done with these things. What are my gifts? But what needs to be done? I'm available. It's not just what I like to do. It's what needs to be done. It may not be holy, seem holy to put away sound equipment or put away or, you know, chairs or something. It's holy to God. It's spiritual to God. Warren Worsby, great Bible teacher, said, Each person is vital to the work of the Lord no matter what task God assigns. No task is trivial. Not even taking care of the pegs. Numbers 337 in the tabernacle of the Mishkan. The putting up and taking down of the tabernacle were tasks as essential as the offering of the sacrifices or the burning of the incense. And he says, by name you shall appoint them, each man specifically named for his special task. Would would you have told Moses, don't write my name down, sorry, but I can't commit. Can you imagine that? This is the service of the families of the sons of Merari, it says. They work under the direction of Ithmar. They were counted 2,750, it says. The, this is the total of, those, of the families of the Kohathites, everyone serving, verse 37. They were counted according to the mouth of Adonai by Moses' hand. Numbered, in verse 40, 2,630, all numbered. Counted according to the mouth of the Lord. Repeats that phrase several times. I believe four times. And uh, then 3,200, the Merari family. Sounds Italian, Merari, but it's not. (laughs) All came to do the work of the Lord. We already mentioned that one. Again, work subject to another's will. Father, not my will, but your will be done. What is my purpose and my responsibility? Pakad. What has God assigned me to do? The Lord counts me, and he counts on me. And again, I close, I think I'll close with reading that verse in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, For I am the least of the emissaries, unworthy to be called an emissary or apostle or shaliach, we might say, because I persecuted God's community. I don't deserve this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain. No, I worked harder than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether it was I or they, so we proclaim and so you believe. It wasn't I, me. It wasn't me. I can't imagine that the Lord's going to reward for gold, that there's gold, silver, costly stones we're building, and he's going to say, look what you did. And we're going to say, we didn't do anything. And he's going to say, no, but you did. I did it through you, but we're not going to be aware of it if, if he's, I, I, believe, I, I believe, if anything we've accomplished through him, I believe it's all going to be through the grace of God. And uh, the people that think they're going to, they're going to get a lot aren't, probably aren't going to get anything. So <laughs> praise the Lord. It's going to be an amazing thing. Father, we just thank you for your assignments, Lord. And we know we all fail uh, and have failed. Many, I know I certainly have, I'm sure, in many respects. But we thank you, Lord, that you value us 
to invest purpose and responsibility in us. We thank you, Lord, you, that you don't give up on us. We thank you, Lord, that you call us, assign us, you give us your will to be done, work subject to your will, and give us the grace through your strength to do it, Lord. And uh, so that you get the glory. We thank you, we praise you, Lord, for your amazing purpose in Messiah. And we want to be able to say at the judgment seat, not I, but Messiah. It wasn't I, but the grace of God working through us. We want to be able to paint with our teeth if necessary, Lord, whatever it is. We thank you and praise you. If you're watching today over online and, or you're here today, you've never given your life to Yeshua, whatever your case, what are you waiting for? This is the perfect time. Surrender. Give your, give your life to the Lord. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm giving myself to you in my inadequacies, in my, in my weakness, in my, uh, in my need, Lord. I'm turning to you. In my strength, I turn that over to you. In my willpower, I thought I could do it my way. I turn it over to you, Lord. Lord, I trust Yeshua for dying. For, thank you for dying for my sins. Jesus, for dying for my sins. I, I want him as my Messiah and my Savior. Come into my life, Lord. God wants to give you a new start today, a brand new start, eternal life, forgiveness of sins. All happens in a moment of time as you trust him. And if you're praying that prayer, someone will be here to pray with you afterwards. And, and, uh, but that's happening. The Holy Spirit comes inside you the moment you're trusting. He's doing it right now. Let us know you did that. Pray with someone to seal it, and they can encourage you. Co- contact us online, and contact us, I mean, by and, uh, and we'll uh, contact you back if you're watching. Praise the Lord. Blessings. Let's stand and close in the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.